0: We thank you, O Father, that you chose to reveal the scriptures to us. Everything that you wanted us to know about yourself, though the scripture we know is not an exhaustive explanation of you, for who could explain fully who you are, for you are beyond our comprehension. But what you have revealed is true. Your Holy Spirit inspired us prophets, and apostles. So what we have is without error and incapable of error. So drive home your word tonight by the great teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. For we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to John chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 18 through 29. <clears throat> For this cause, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus, therefore, answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him that you may marvel. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son also gives life to whom he wishes. For not even the father judges anyone but he has given all judgment to the Son. In order that all may honor the Son, even as they honor the Father, he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life." (laughs) (laughs) truly truly i say to you an hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the son of god and those who hear shall live for just as the father has life in himself even so he gave to the son to have life in himself and he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man do not marvel at this For an hour is coming which all who are in the tombs shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life. Those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. While we have seen that Jesus has been through his ministry as recorded in John demonstrating what the whole purpose of John's account is. Remember, John says, the whole purpose of his gospel account is that all the signs and the wonders that were done by Jesus, of which are not all recorded in the scriptures, were for the purpose to demonstrate that he is the Son of God and that believing in the Son of God, you might have eternal life. We saw that these Jews that... uh, are upset with Jesus for several reasons. Two reasons that he had the audacity to heal someone on the Sabbath, as if that was some terrible event. So they're not only they're upset there because they don't even understand what the purpose of the law was to show mercy. They're also upset because he talked about God as his father, and they understood for someone, a man, to call God, a father, they understood, well, you're making yourself out equal to be God. Of course he was, because he is God. And so they're upset. Jesus is saying, whatever the father does, he can do. And the reason he can do what the father is, that was the plan of God all along, from all eternity, that the father would send the son, and the son would accomplish all the will of God of the father. And so Jesus is simply carrying out the eternal plan of the triune God. So the work of redemption we we can look at it this way. The plan of redemption involves the father, the son, and the holy spirit. The best way to summarize it is that the father plans, the son carries out the plan, And the Spirit executes what the Son has done. Now, the Father loves the Son, remember? uh, As you recall, we saw that when John the Baptist baptized Jesus. Remember that a dove came out of heaven? God the Father spoke? John heard that and he says, This is my beloved son, my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. So Jesus has been saying, I'm doing what the Father has told me to do. The Father loves me, and he's loved me from all of eternity. So Jesus has done, it says, you're going to, the Father says, you're going to do greater things, and the people will marvel when you do these greater things. Well, as verse 20 here says, that the Father will show these greater things so that the people will marvel at what Jesus is going to do. Now, remember what the purpose of a wonder is. A wonder is the actual miracle which is to create a sense of awe. It's why we call it wondrous. It is out of the ordinary and it is not the way things are in the natural realm. And that's why it creates a sense of wonder in us and awe of the one who is doing it. And so we I want you to turn over to, to Luke chapter 7 for a moment. And we're going to see how these wonders uh, work. Turn over to Luke 7, look at uh, verse 11 through 17. Luke, Luke 7, beginning at verse 11. And it came about that soon afterwards that he went to a city called Nain, and his disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large multitude. Now as he approached the gate of the city, behold, a dead uh, man was being carried out the only son of his mother. And she was a widow and a sizable crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her, said to her, do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin and the bearers came to a halt. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Let me just stop there. Now you can imagine that scene, (laughs) right? Right? carrying a man out in a coffin, they know he's dead, he just touches it, come out, and can you imagine the, what, the, the eyes of all those people when this body comes out of the coffin? That would create a stir, that would create an awe in the people. And it says, and the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. And fear gripped them all and they began glorifying God saying a great prophet has arisen among us and God has visited his people. And the report concerning him went out all over Judea and all the surrounding district. Now turn back, John five. Remember what the text says there that the father um, will show him greater works And they will marvel in verse 21, for just as the father raises the dead and gives life, even so the son also gives life to whom he wishes. So right there, Jesus is already demonstrating, yes, I am equal to my father. I am the son of God. And I can do whatever God my father does. And they will marvel. God, the Father says, you will marvel. And as we said, they must surely have marveled when that young man came out of that coffin who had been dead for, we were not told how how long he had been dead. So what we see here is that the son will physically raise the dead. And not only will he physically raise the dead, but we're going to see He will spiritually raise the dead as well. Now, verse 22, take a look at verse 22. It specifically says that the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. So in the breakdown of the function of the Trinity, we see that the Son of God, who is the God-man, After the coronation, he is the judge, and he will be the judge on the on the great day of judgment. I want us to take a look at two passages that prove that point. First, turn with me over to Acts seventeen. Now, this is where Paul was in the great Greek city of Athens, and he's preaching. To those in Athens, particularly to the uh, Stoic and Epicurean philosophers who were taking issue with him. Take a look at verses 30 and 32, what the Apostle Paul says. Therefore, having overcome the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all everywhere should repent because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to sneer. Others said, we'll hear you again concerning this. So here we have it, Jesus. uh, We're told here the Apostle Paul says, "The one whom God is raising from the dead, we know that to be Jesus. He is going to be the one judging on that great day." Then turn over to Matthew chapter twenty-five, and let's take a look at verse thirty-one and following. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. We won't read the whole thing, but I'm sure you're familiar somewhat with it. The sheep from the goats... And to the to the sheep, they will be commended because they will prove that they were really justified by faith, and they will be commended and they will get to go into the glory that has been prepared for them. And all those who are not doing those deeds of righteousness because they never were converted in the first place, they will be sent to everlasting destruction in hell. But Jesus is that judge. So as John the Apostle says, the Father doesn't judge anyone, it's the Son of God who judges men. Now the reason for the Father committing all judgment is seen in verse 23 of John five, take a look. Why has the Father committed all judgment to the Son? Well, verse 23 says, in order that all may honor the Son even as they honor the Father he who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. So the whole reason is that God has given judgment is that the father wants men to know I have vested everything in my son, the son of God. And as you would honor me, you got to honor him. If you listen to him and believe in him, you'll go into everlasting life. But if you don't listen, you disobey him, then you'll be sent to everlasting destruction. So the whole point here is the eternal destinies of men are determined of what they do with Jesus. And the eternal destiny for example of the scribes and the Pharisees is so horrible um, and it's born out by the darkness of their hearts. I just want us to take a look. Remember, Jesus can read men's thoughts. Jesus can read, the can know the condition of a heart. God knows, according to Psalm, God knows our thoughts before we even think them. Let's you know, let that sink in for a moment. How does God know what I think? I've always joked, well, how do I know what I'm thinking if I'm not talking? So, but God is God. It's beyond our comprehension. And the, I want you to notice that, let's turn to Matthew 23. And why Jesus was so hard on these scribes and Pharisees. Look, uh, take a look at uh, Matthew 23, and we're going to pick up at verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from men, for you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you devour widows' houses, even while for a pretense you make long prayers, therefore you shall receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, because you travel about on sea and land To make one proselyte, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. (laughs) Then jump down to verses 29 and 35 of the same chapter. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous. "'And say, if we had been living in the days of our fathers, "'we would not have been partners with them "'in shedding the blood of the prophets. "'Consequently, you bear witness against yourselves "'that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. "'Fill up then the measure of the guilt of your fathers, "'you serpents, you brood of vipers. "'How shall you escape the sentence of hell? "'Therefore, behold, I am sending you prophets and wise men,' And scribes, some of them you will kill and crucify, some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that upon you may fall the guilt of all the righteous blood shed on earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar." And so what we see here is that Jesus says because of your self-righteous, hypocritical attitude, because you think outward serving is serving God by long prayers, wearing these robes and all of these things, and you think you're keeping the law of God and that if I heal someone who's been lame from birth and you... You criticize me? You accuse me of something horrendous, of breaking the law of God? Why would you even think such a thing? And so when you go about making proselytes to this external religion, you make them more fit to hell than you yourselves. And you you say, well, we never would have killed the prophets who uh, went before us. No, he says, well, Right here didn't specifically say it, but he will say you're going to kill, in the parable of the, uh, the vineyard, he says you're going to kill the son who was sent to you. You killed the lesser ones, and now you're going to kill the son, the son of the owner of the vineyard. These are the kind of people that you are. And so you, you need to honor me. They obviously were not honoring Jesus in the least. Well, take a look uh, well let's, let's let me mention this. It's impossible to honor the father without simultaneously also honoring the son. Now what did we learn in john one, 1 11? that he came to his own the eternal word came to his own, and what happened? His own did not receive him, meaning the Jewish nation as a whole rejected him. He's the long-awaited Messiah, and yet they rejected him. And so they rejected uh, the father's son, and in rejecting the father's son, they have rejected the father. Now what we see in verses 24 and 30 now are two types of, of resurrection, There are two types of resurrection presented in the Bible. And John 5 is one of the best places in all the word of God to prove this. Take a look at the text now. We're gonna break it down. And notice what it says. He says, now one is gonna be a spiritual resurrection. And then another one is gonna be a physical resurrection. A spiritual resurrection and a physical one. And these verses bring out those two aspects. Take a look at verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Now, one thing is brought out here already has passed from death to life. You see, the moment you and I believe in Jesus, we have already passed out of spiritual death and we have already possessed eternal life. Already. You say, well, uh, no, we gotta go what the scripture says. Well, I still got this body that aches and does this. Well, that's true. That doesn't mean you still haven't possessed eternal life. Scripture says, if you believe me, you will have eternal life. Look at verse 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear shall live. Now what we see here is that Jesus is, in carrying out this capacity to give life, he, he refers to it in a present sense and in a future sense. Well, how does he refer to it in a present sense? The hour is coming and now is. It's already here, he says when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear shall live. So this present sense of where the hour has already come, that is the spiritual resurrection. So now take a look at verses 25 through 27. And he gave him Authority to execute judgment because he is the son of God. What we see here is Jesus is talking about some who have already right now come to life. Now we know he's not talking about some future element for several reasons, because he says the hour is already here. So we gotta figure out, well then, how has somebody been given life right now? Well, if you hear the son and then obey the son, you will have that life right now. So this first resurrection is a resurrection of the soul of an individual. Now remember Jesus said many times, do you remember how he oftentimes ended his preaching? Can someone tell me? There was a little phrase he he said several times after he preached, remember what it was? Yep, from the back balcony. (laughs) He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, whatever Jesus is saying, if you've got the capacity to hear, then you better hear. Meaning, you got to hear me preaching to you, in other words. Um, nobody, nobody can believe in Jesus and have eternal life without Jesus speaking to their heart. You have to have Jesus speaking to your heart. In other words, Jesus says, he that actually has an ear to hear what I'm saying, if you really understand what I'm saying, then hear. You're gonna hear with your heart. Turn with me to Romans, uh, well, first of all, turn over to John 10. I know we're jumping ahead some, but, but it's, it's, it's helpful to do so. Turn over to John 10, verses 25 through 27. This is an area where Jesus is asserting his deity before the Jews. And look what he says in verse 25 of John 10. <clears throat> Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life to them and they shall never perish and no one shall snatch them out of my father's hand, Jesus says, "If if you are really my sheep, then whatever I say, whatever I preach, you're actually going to hear. But you're going to hear from your heart because what do you? What are the, what do these people do? What do the sheep do once they hear the voice?" Of the shepherd, he's giving an imagery of real sheep and an actual shepherd, and the sheep are familiar with the voice of the shepherd. And likewise, Jesus takes that illustration and says, "My sheep," meaning my spiritual children, sheep, if we may say, the elect that he brings out in John chapter six. They are going to hear me and they're gonna do whatever I say and they'll follow me. And And remember the Jews, he's already condemned the Jews because what? I've done all these works that are marvelous and what was the impact before you? Nothing. It didn't even faze you. Didn't even faze them. And it didn't faze you because you're not my sheep. Though I spoke, you really didn't hear me. You're not mine. <clears throat> Turn over to Romans chapter 10. <clears throat> We're gonna pick up at uh, verse nine and read down through verse 17. Now follow carefully How the Apostle Paul brings this out. Verse 9: That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. There's no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all abounding in riches for all who call upon him. For whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. However, they did not all heed the glad tidings, for Isaiah says, Lord, who, is, who has believed our report, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There you have it. For anybody to become a Christian, for anybody to be spiritually raised from the dead, they have to hear Jesus. Right? If they don't hear Jesus, they're not going to believe in him. You don't believe in someone you don't hear. And then Paul adds to the equation something very special. How do do people come to hear Jesus? Through a preacher. And he talks about how he quotes Isaiah, how important the role of a preacher is. That wherever the preacher's feet takes him, from village to village, to city to city. What is the preacher doing? Bringing glad tidings of good things. Bringing the gospel. See, the the, the word there is euangelion, which is the w- Greek word for the good news. The preacher brings good news. But not everybody that hears the preacher believes. They don't. Just as he said, just like Isaiah said, there's going to be some they won't believe. There are some who aren't actually hearing with their heart. So you got to hear with your heart. So this spiritual resurrection occurs, this is vital now, it occurs in conjunction with the word of God when the word is read or preached by Jesus's preachers. There have been, there are people who have become, Saved by reading the scriptures. Uh, I hear of accounts of uh, people in prison that somehow they got a Bible and reading the Bible. (laughs) What happened? The Holy Spirit opened their heart to understand and then they believed. But most people in the history of the church have believed because someone told them the gospel. That's the majority, the vast majority. And so as as Jess brought out this morning in his message on the the parable of the dragnet, you, you've got the visible and the invisible church. Not everybody in the visible church is the elect of God. In other words, not everybody we can phrase it this way, and to take that message into this evening's message. Not everyone is that hears the preaching really actually hears to the believing in their heart. They may give a show for a while, that was the parable of the sower. They may look good for a while, but then in the end they don't persevere because they really never truly believed from the heart. As we go through the book of John, we're going to see there are two types of and this is important. Two types of belief. There is a belief that's as a result of seeing signs and wonders, but it really doesn't do anything. And then there's a belief of seeing the signs and the wonders that actually does lead one to say this got to be the Messiah. You see the d- distinction. Remember all the children that came out of Egypt. Says they all were baptized in the Red Sea. Every single person that came out of Egypt. Some estimate two million people. Everyone is said to have been baptized in the Red Sea in union with Moses. But then Paul goes on to say, the majority of those will prove themselves unworthy. They will become the murmurers. And he says, they will never enter the promised land. So the majority of those people that saw those wonders, that heard Moses relate to them what God was saying to him, it didn't even faze them spiritually. They heard, but they did not hear. You know, John, I want us to turn back to John 3, 16 and 17. Remember it says that the Father says, "I've committed all judgment to the Son." Now, if you look at John 3:16 and following, we're going to read John 3:16 down through verse 20. "For God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life." For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. Let me just stop right there. The purpose of the first coming, of the first advent, was to save sinners. Remember, that's when, remember, we've already talked about how some of the disciples, John and James, when the Samaritans Remember we talked about that when the Samaritans did not receive them and gave that great insult, wouldn't give them housing, that they wanted to, the Lord, shall we call down thunder upon these people for this insult to you? And, he, and Jesus had to rebuke John and James saying, you know, you're the wrong spirit. I didn't come to destroy men. I came to save them. And you want to destroy them. But I want, I want them to be saved. Let's continue right here, it says, he who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the judgment, that light has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than light, for their deeds were evil. These people who have refused to believe in Jesus have already pronounced judgment upon themselves. You know, when Jesus began his his ministry in Galilee of the Gentiles, we recorded in, in Matthew 4, it says, he came to those sitting in darkness Under the shadow of death, they saw a great light, and then it says, Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Why are men condemned to hell? Is because in seeing, they did not see. And in hearing, they did not hear. And they have pronounced the judgment upon themselves by that lack of faith. And why don't they believe? Why, in seeing the great light, you would think somebody, that would change everything. But no, not for some. You see how important the ministry of the Holy Spirit is? Because if you're a believer today, remember Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you gotta be born again if you wanna see the kingdom of God. And, and how you are born again is a mysterious thing, like, like the wind. It blows wherever it wills. So is the spirit. It comes to however he will. So this first resurrection is a spiritual resurrection that we have now. Um, Let's move on to the second resurrection in John 5. And the second resurrection is picked up in verse, let me get back to John 5. As we begin to read at verse 28, do not marvel at this for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tomb shall hear his voice and shall come forth those who did good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. What do you see? Let me just throw this out to you. This is for the Gold Star, okay? What is the difference between verse 25 of those who hear and verse 28 of those who hear? What is one of the key things differences? That's right. He is coming. That's exactly right. And then something else is important too. One's alive and one's dead. <laughs> well, what's the term used in verse twenty-eight to refer to some? They're tombs. Some in the tombs. That's not found. That's not found in verse twenty-five, right. but it is found in verse twenty-eight. Verse twenty-five says the dead. Is there a meaningful difference? What's that? Yeah, seems to me like a meaningful difference. It is. And as you, you you bring down verse 24 uh, and 25 is talking about uh, those who are spiritually dead. And those in verse 28 are those who are physically dead. They're going to come out of their tombs. And notice in this, this second resurrection... It's a, a what we call in, in, in theology a general resurrection that has two aspects. And you got two types of people in this general resurrection that's going to come out of their tombs one day. One is going to come out to eternal life, and the other is going to come out of their tomb to destruction. Let me, let me just quote you. We won't need to turn there, but... Um, in let's see um, Daniel 12 verse 2 here's what it says and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting condemnation there's the difference everybody on the last day, when Jesus comes back and the history is terminated, everyone who has ever lived and their bodies are in some cemetery, wherever they are, or in the depths of the sea, wherever it is, every single person's going to be raised from the dead. Every single one, without exception. Everyone. But some are going to go to glory and others are going to end up going to hell. And there's your difference. Um, Now, since John wrote the gospel account, we know that he wrote the revelation. I want you to see the similarity between John 5 and what we're about to look at in Revelation 20. So I want you to turn with me to Revelation 20. And we're going to pick up at at, at verse 4 down through verse 6. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus, and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or the image, and had not received the mark upon their forehead and upon their hand, And they came to life. Now notice it says they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. By the way, this is the millennium that's talked about. So these that came to life reigned with Jesus for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is... The first resurrection, those coming to life and reigning with Jesus, that's the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a 1,000 years. Now, we're gonna move on to verse 11 in a moment, but let me just say this. We can go through the scriptures and we know from the word of God that this reign of Christ is before he comes again, not after. In other words, we are in the millennial reign now. And it says that they will reign with Christ. The Scriptures talk about the saints reigning with Jesus and judging and it says, they will reign with him for 1,000 years. And so what we see here, let, let me just say this. If you want a further development on this, that book I wrote out there, the larger book called Preaching in the Victory of the Gospel, I go into all the passages that prove about the first and second resurrection. So if you want further information, just look at that. You want a free electronic version, I'll send you one. Now look at verse, so there's a first resurrection. Those who came to life, remember, the remember, think about John 5. Those who here have come to life and have already passed from death into life. All right, look at verse 11. Revelation 20. <clears throat> and I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea, now notice, the sea gave up the dead, which was in it. Now, talk, now not obviously talking about physical, right? These are the people been eaten by sharks <laughs> or, or who knows what, all right? They were, the sea gave up and those that were in them, and they were judged, everyone according to his deeds, and death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire this is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found, written in the book of life, he was thrown in the lake of fire. You know, it's uncanny when I was preaching in the morning how the evening message corresponded. I hope you can see is preaching on the dragnet is fitting in very well, is it not? with this evening message on, Revel- on John 5 and Revelation 20. Because in the, in, the, in the parable of the dragnet, you got some good fish and you got some bad ones. They save the good ones, and the, the bad ones are thrown out. And remember, there's gonna be gnashing of teeth, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, those in hell. So there are two resurrections And here's the thing, be sure, just like Jess mentioned this morning, be sure where you are with Jesus, be sure that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and that you don't be thrown into the lake of fire where elsewhere, says the devil and his angels, that's where they're going, and will be tormented day and night. You see, this, this spiritual resurrection is, is glorious. And that spiritual, resu- that spiritual resurrection is what Jesus said had to happen to Nicodemus. You got to be born again if you're going to see you gotta be born, Nicodemus, of the Spirit. That great passage in Titus 3, 4 through 7, which says, and when the kindness of God and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not on the basis of deeds done in righteousness, but according to his mercy. By the washing of regeneration, and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he has poured out abundantly upon us. You see that being born of the Spirit and of water, here's what the Spirit does, it cleanses us. The Spirit cleanses us of all our vileness, wickedness. That's what Ezekiel 36 says. I will sprinkle upon you and you will be clean, and you will obey my commandments. So we need to be sure that we are in that Lamb's book of life. You know, I often pray. I pray with my wife and our devotions. A lot of times I start out praying, uh, magnifying the Lord as our creator, magnifying him as our redeemer. And I'm often praying, Jesus, I thank you that my name is recorded in your book of life. Because every day you ought to thank Jesus that your name is recorded in that book. And so we say, you know, when Jesus, we'll end with this. When Jesus sent out his apostles to preach in the cities of Israel, he said to them, you ought to go. And he says, I'm gonna give you the, I'm gonna give you the apostles. I'm gonna give you the authority over demons over all kinds of uh, diseases, I will give you that authority. So they go out, they come back, all excited, because they said, "Lord, it's, it's, it is what you said. The demons, we we cast out demons in your name, and people were healed in your name, and they got all super excited." You know what Jesus said? You ought to be thankful that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's what you ought to be excited about. Not that you were able to cast out demons, not the fact that you could do marvelous things in my name. What you ought to really be excited is that you are a believer because you heard me when I preached to you and your heart responded. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that our names... Those of us who have truly believed in you, our names have already been recorded and they will never be erased because you will see us through the end. Just as you've said in John 10, my father who gave them to all is greater than all and no one can snatch them from my father's hand. We thank you, Lord, that we are secure in you.